Hello and welcome to the Wastebasket Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wastebasket Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as usual, it's me, Jordan. Pause. Nice. Nice. You did uh, it. Did you, you get the pause pregnant? I uh, told yeah. you to wear protection. <laughs> Not this time. Should I go back to my uh, warm up, my vocal warm ups? Do re nope. mi nope. fa. Cutting, so. oh. cutting this out. Nope. Thank God oh, I did this out. What? Huh. Yeah. Well, um, except for my jokes. Only my jokes stay in. Nah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, all right. So today on the uh, PCAST, as Jordan likes to call it, yep. we're going to be talking about. The Best Picture nominee for 2022, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. That's right. So you excited, Jordan? Sure. We did promise the Northman and at the last pod of 2022, but hey, we're in 2023. New pod, new us, and uh, I honestly don't know why you even mentioned that because we didn't release that podcast. But we mentioned it in a podcast previous to that podcast. Did we? We're always yeah. we're always talking about how we're going to watch the Northman. We're two steps Since ahead. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, well, I think we should just never watch it. That's probably the best move. Is this going to be like that Matt Damon joke on Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, is there a Matt Damon joke on Jimmy Kimmel? It's a very famous joke, Chris. I'll include it in the show notes so I you can watch Jimmy Kimmel. I don't watch it either, well, but like I know about years it. old. Okay, well, you you put it in the the. I'm going to cut that out too, Jimmy Kimmel. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast today. <laughs> uh, sorry, he's Marcus. your neighbor in uh, Los Angeles, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. All the right down the street. My neighbors, all yep. Yeah, every single every single famous person lives on the same street, and me. Mm, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 and then they film like in your basement, right? Yes, every movie is filmed in my basement. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, uh, before we hop into today's movie, which is Elvis, not the Northman, mm. just to bring that back up, yeah. Um, we should talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. Should we? What? What? What is it? I, you didn't warn me. Well, you already referred to it. Uh, the Oscar nominations did come out. Ah, they're doing those again? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it'd be canceled after experiencing that violence <laughs> and misogyny and sexism. Uh, <laughs> Jada could have taken care of herself, Will. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and uh, But anyway, so the nominations came out. And uh, as usual, we will attempt to do a hilarious, well, I shouldn't even say that. We will attempt to do a Oscar pod prior. Yeah, I've already seen like half of these. so Which is amazing given how terrible you've been at this in the past. Yeah, so I think and by tomorrow afternoon, I'll have seen more than half. So killing yeah. it. Yeah, okay, great. Well, um we're just going to go over best picture and then if um uh, if other people fall into the categories then i guess we'll bring it up on the pod but that's that's the general plan right we're just going to watch the best picture ones oh yeah for sure 
Yeah, we, um, we can't we can't be responsible for seeing every movie in this list that's like nominated. You're for not gonna watch the donkey movie EO from Poland. Uh, I guess I have to for the podcast. Uh, okay. Well, I'm not, but oh. yeah, you should. Oh no, I also um, really don't want to watch Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Well, you, I thought you already saw that. No, you didn't go to the theater to see that. No, is it because of your racism? <laughs> I'm not racist. I just I, I didn't want to see it. I don't want to see any Marvel <laughs> movies. I mean. I don't know, Chris. It uh, sounds like you had something specifically against that movie. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get off that topic uh, before Chris gets canceled uh, again. Ugh, yeah. Thank you. Um, but I'll just quickly run down. Actually, I am kind of curious. I, I didn't know that you had seen so many of these because uh, I haven't. Yeah, but, um, I'm close to half. I, don't, I actually think I'm like one, all right, sh- one So uh, just say yes or no. So all quiet on the Western Front? No. Uh, Avatar, blah, 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 shit stuff. Way of Water? Yes, of course. So I'm a movie okay. fan. Cinema. Okay, well, I mean, shouldn't have even been nominated. What trash. But uh, Banshees of Inisherin, I know you've watched, right? Yeah. We talked about that. Um, Elvis, subject of today's podcast. I haven't seen it. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, everything, Everywhere, All at Once, you're watching soon. Yep. Uh, tomorrow um which is interesting because it's an a24 film and you're usually on top of that i know i really wanted to see it in the theater and i'm glad it's back so i'll take yeah. advantage uh steven spielberg i've uh, never heard of this guy fablemans not yet uh tar nope uh triangle of sadness nope and women talking nope which you told me I think you're really looking forward to. <laughs> but you're you're forgetting one. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, am I forgetting it or am I saving the best for last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The potential winner, or not even potential, front runner, Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Yes, we have seen it. I've seen it so many times. I, when I close my eyes, like I, I just see Tom Cruise like putting his sunglasses on, smiling at me. Yeah. You're just on the beach playing like... T- touch football with all the other pilots that you can't name yes correct um uh do you hear the song hold my hand which has been nominated for best original song from top gun maverick <laughs> yeah that song's not good um uh, but yes that song is stuck in my head um i have to say like best original song in the past i don't know ever how many years like I think they've all been terrible, right? Like the only one I can really remember is like that Moana song. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. this year, just looking at this, it's just like, I guess this was on the soundtrack during the credits. So let's play it. Let's use it. I don't know. I'm looking for uh, this um, list of songs here. I don't see it on the website yet. Well, I'll send you the, PD- the PDF of our ballot, which will be in our show notes. Oh, here we go. Um, Original song. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard any of these. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll hear This Is A Life if you stay for the credits of Everything Everywhere All At Once. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, and your other favorite movie, I'm just taking a quick look here. The Batman only got a makeup and hairstyling nomination. 
Uh, and visual effects. Oh, they did? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No. I'm surprised... Um, I'm surprised Top Gun didn't get one for cinematography. Well, we kind of talked about that off the air um, because I had read an article um, that had actually made an argument for Batman getting cinematography. And then you, we both had said, like, why did wouldn't Top Gun? Because they, like, put... <laughs> They did like real freaking filmmaking, like figuring out how to put, you know, the uh, cameras so that you're in the jet. And I mean, come on. Like that's the last hour of Top Gun. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Crazy. I would have thought they would have definitely put that ahead of Elvis for cinematography. But well, hey, spoiler alert. Let's not. uh... (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen any of these other movies on this list. so I can't. You haven't seen Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths by Darius Kanchi? Uh, (laughs) No. Have you? Uh, No. No. I've seen, or I've I've wanted to read Lincoln in the Bardo. That's that's on my list of of books. Uh, By George Saunders. Yeah, our guy. Yeah. Our dude. I I own... um, a book about uh, he wrote about uh, you know examining short stories uh, where he uses our favorite some of our favorite Russian writers. Uh, we're very well, not we, but Chris is very pro Russia, and so um, <laughs> only reads. It's more pro Putin than anything else, you know. Oh, together. sorry, sorry. Anyway, yeah. um, we're, we're <laughs> closing in on ten minutes, so we should probably move on to Elvis, but. Um, Pretty much in your mind, as you said, like even if Top Gun's not nominated for something, it should win the award. Like, oh yeah, like is he up for best? Is Tom Cruise up for best actor? Because I don't think he is. He's not. Yeah. See, what is this? What but, are we doing here? But, but this is going to take us on maybe a couple minutes sidetrack. I feel I, I looked this up earlier because I was curious about. Um, our our pal, uh, basically, Mr. Cruz. Um, TC. Does he does he let you call him TC? Oh yeah, at the parties. Oh, for I, sure. I, I'm, I still have to just call him Tom. Okay. Yeah yeah. So I asked your best friend, your only friend actually, Chat GPT. I was like, how many times has Tom Cruise been nominated for an Oscar? Yeah. Three times. Uh, best actor in Jerry Maguire. Born on Fourth of July, Rain Man, and Magnolia. Oh, Magnolia! Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. In that. And I think that pretty much after after Eyes Wide Shut, he kind of stopped with like, I, I'm probably not going to get this, so I'm just going to make really awesome action movies. Oh um, yeah, that's what I would do. And but I do think um, either I mean they should do it this year, but they probably won't. But at some point, they have to give him some sort of honorary Oscar because that man is the movies. Like, oh yeah, he he is a, from everything that people have said. Relentless professional might have a weird personal life. Relentless professional, nice to folks, and he makes movies that people like. Except for uh, his remake of The Mummy, which I also looked up at how unsuccessful that was. It was pretty <laughs> bad. 
Yeah. But I have I mean, seen it. You could argue, I think, that he's somehow, you know, even though he's like 60 at this or maybe even be older than 60, like 61, that he's like more popular now than he was like in his like 20s and 30s. Like he basically was the like tentpole movie guy for yeah. the last like decade. Like all those Mission Impossible movies, Jack Reacher, yeah. Top Gun again. Like it's crazy. And 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 those Mission Impossible movies, uh, like, <laughs> uh, I was tempted because I saw it on either Prime or HBO Max. I was like, maybe I should check out Mission Impossible Two again just to see. But they have, <laughs> but they have actually improved over the years as well. Like. You know, it's not like, like, uh, we both love the last two ones. Um, And then, you know, coming back and doing a sequel and not just phoning it in, but making it pretty amazing. So, I I hope that he gets some sort of recognition because, I mean, if if we're going to, you know, have all these kind of... uh, navel gazy or i don't know if it's solipsistic but like you know like the fablements oh another movie about movies um and <laughs> and just fyi um after finishing elvis last night because uh, halfway through i was like i don't have enough alcohol to make it through this movie i need to buy more so i got a six pack <laughs> and so by the time i finished elvis 12 hours later i was like you know what I've been meaning to watch La La Land on, I think it's Prime. I'm going to just watch that as another musical movie, which is also just a movie about movies, right? Uh, Um, Well, it's about like the entertainment industry. Yeah. yeah, I would say movies in particular. No, not about movies in particular, but yeah, entertainment, dreamers, all this other stuff. And, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta give Tom, as I'm allowed to call him, you gotta give the dude something yeah yeah i mean if the la la land can win i mean we should definitely just we should just not have the ceremony just give him just like have the whole show about how awesome he is and then give him a best picture at the end what do you think yeah and best actor and actress yeah we should uh supporting Lerman direct it like if he couldn't win as best supporting actor and um crap what was the one where he was the like fat producer guy dancing uh tropic thunder tropic thunder i mean come on oh yeah how fun was that that was unexpected how fun was that look man i i've noticed like a the a sort of um theme to this show so far which is that you don't actually want to talk about the elvis movie no, I just I I just wanted to <laughs> prep people for their disappointment over us not talking about the Northman. First of all, oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, and they're all they're heartbroken. Talk about the Academy Awards because we are going to make a yeah. pod supposedly. Yeah, and then uh, I did have this bit about Tom Cruise, my little rant about TC, um, mm-hmm. which I hope he hears, and um, I'm looking for a job. And, hmm. um, you know, or you could just throw some cash my way. Yeah, we should um, splice, yeah. splice off a clip of this and uh, post it on Twitter and send it to him. Uh, Chris, unlike you, um, I'm not a right wing troll, so I don't use Twitter anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Twitter's demise is greatly uh, exaggerated. I mean, it still may like fail as a company, but there's still plenty of people using it every day. Yeah. And I don't use Bastodon because I don't know how. Yeah, it's very complicated. Apparently, I've had an account on there since 2017. I'd never Not posted. surprising. Yeah. Not surprising. Anyway, it's probably just a bot that's impersonating you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not saying anything, so I guess I don't have much to say. <laughs> it hasn't become activated. It's um, yeah. it's in a, what do you call that in like computers or programming where it's like waiting for a trigger or something? Uh, I guess like it's dormant. Dormant, yeah. Uh, All right, well, I have my voluminous notes here for mm. Elvis. Love so, that. Did you not hear the paper? Oh, I can, yeah, I can hear it. It's real, real great. Very musical. All right. Let's do this. Right. Uh, so, Chris. Jordan. We're going to talk about Elvis, the 2022 film starring Austin Butler and, and your friend and mine. I wish. Tom Hanks. We, don't worry. We won't get sued. There's some other people in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know who they are, but uh, Olivia DeJong plays Priscilla Presley. There you go. That guy from Stranger uh, Things was in there. I do have a note about uh, Dac- Dacker Montgomery. Is that his name? Yes. Oh, and your your uh, your friend from uh, Power of the Dog, Cody Smith McPhee. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot he was in there. Um, and then Natalie Basingthwaite as D. Stanley. All right, we don't have to go through this. Um, so I want to ask you to start: which which Elvis song, which t- title of what Elvis song, like sort of sums up your feelings about this movie? Would it be "Can't Help Falling in Love" or something like "Return to Sender" or "Always on My Mind"? Yeah, I want to know. Like, what was was which one speaks Return to, to Sender originally an Elvis song? I don't know, or maybe All Shook Up. A little less satisfaction. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's what she said. Ooh, Chris, uh, cut that out. I'll shut that out. A little less, yeah. Uh, well. Um. Uh, my neighbors decided to um, uh, do some some cleaning. So if you hear some some banging noises, that's them using their uh, their right. uh, vacuum cleaner. Great. Okay. Great. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. I'm just waiting for your um, dishwasher. dishwasher. Your oh, I didn't turn it on. No grocery. <laughs> the grocery delivery this be... morning. Um. Yeah, sure. That's good. Okay. Good, good time. Yeah. Okay, so Elvis, Baz Luhrmann. His last movie was The Great Gatsby. Was which, it? Yeah, I think so. I think he's yeah. done like TV stuff since then. But that's I right. He did. Uh, he like did like a seventies. Yeah, The Get Down for Netflix. Uh, one of the first great failures on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I never saw it. Um, but I, you know, I like his stuff. I I even liked Gatsby. I just wasn't. Oh. I didn't think it was amazing. 
I think the last I think the last good movie better. that he did, in my opinion, was probably Moulin Rouge. Yeah, uh, that was a long time ago. It was like twenty years. Two thousand one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll give you. Okay, I'm going to go through it really quickly because his filmography is not very extensive. Um, yeah. Strictly Ballroom. Um, I've actually seen that. Good movie. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh, classic movie of our youth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yours, I'm, I'm much younger. 96. <laughs> okay. You're not much younger, you're one year younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Way yeah. to try and slip that in. Yeah. Moulin then, uh, Rouge. Then Moulin Rouge in 2001. Um, which, I will say this, Ewan McGregor um, is a good singer, but I and I prefer I, or a decent singer. I preferred him in Down with Love with Renee Zellweger, a movie that most people have not seen. Probably mm, also yeah, involves him singing. Yeah, and then there was Australia with uh, Australia, uh, Hugh Jackman and um, that uh, red haired lady that's uh, Nicole Kidman, her pal Tom, DC's ex wife. Yeah. Um, yeah. which was, yeah, it was, it was all right. Yeah, right. Great Gatsby, uh, turned it off after like 20 minutes. It was just way too excessive over the top. Just, <laughs> ugh. Was, yeah. And then yeah. here we, we, 10 years later, we have Elvis. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's like been so long since he made a movie. Right? I mean, like it was nine years I don't know. between he's, movie releases. Uh, Australian, so maybe these U.S. dollars he's earning go far. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's how it works, but sure, sure. I yeah. don't, I don't. Um, before before we get into this movie, um, there is a whole section on Wikipedia of the response of the Presley family, where the uh, sadly passed uh, Lisa Marie Presley. Um, just and like two her, weeks ago, right? Yeah. And her mom uh, have released statements saying that they like the movie or mostly that they just like Austin Butler. So, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, whatever we may say doesn't really matter because they're satisfied. Uh, no, I mean, our opinions matter. <laughs> Do they, Chris? <laughs> well, why don't you start in on your opinion? Which song were you going to choose? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, hmm, hmm. There's so many to pick from, man. All right, uh, well. Yeah, I, I think Can't I Help Falling in Love, you know? That's that's the song you're choosing for your opinion of the movie or the, yeah, just no, the no, one uh, that's enjoyable? Maybe you're, maybe you're the devil in disguise? <laughs> oh, that's definitely my song. Uh, okay. uh, of, uh, of my life. Yeah, uh, definitely not. In the you know ghetto. what? We should take we should take uh, a cue from the movie, and I will tell how you feel about it as if I'm the Colonel Parker to your Elvis, and you don't really oh, get a go. say. That's a good call. Um, yeah. Uh, well, this is a two and a half hour movie. We don't have that long to really give a summary. Um, but I was going to just give a brief summary about like how I felt the movie was telling the story of Elvis. Mm-hmm. So 
<clears throat> if you'll allow me. Oh, wow. um, you know, like this is this is if you're if you're pitching it, you know, elevator pitching it, you know, before you start filming it, um, you know, or or you know, to try and get it produced, right? So, um, so you're in the office and it's like, okay, well, this we're gonna use Colonel Tom Parker to tell the story, and it's gonna be the story of a mama's boy who becomes famous by stealing music from black people and swinging his wang around and <laughs> exciting women. <laughs> but we're only going to tell that from my perspective, from Tom Parker's perspective. <laughs> also, this dude needs, this dude needs a map or a compass. Cause he's always lost. He's always lost. He's feeling a right. lost. Does he, is he feeling so lost think, all I the think, time? Was that a the oh, theme? That he you gets lost. He gets lost a lot in this movie. He's, uh, I've never seen someone so lost and alone and blah blah blah. And, and then, yeah. Mama, I'm lost. Um, mm. Well, uh, so mm. I think you can get the general sentiment of how I feel about the movie from my summary, Chris. So, how did you feel? That sounds like you just. Hmm. But that's like his life, so I don't know. That's how you feel about his life. That's not really an opinion about the movie. Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, well, I would say I would, I would summarize a little differently. Like it's a, you know it's like a it's I mean it's his, it's a biopic right and it starts with him with Elvis as a kid and oh, he God. you are going to go through the two and a half hours of the movie. He's he's like a poor kid and he's like hanging around. Um, what like blues and whatever singers and performers like african-american ones in his in his like really poor town and he he like loves this music and he um as he um, gets older he becomes uh like in his like teen years he actually like is able to perform this stuff and he's discovered by colonel quote-unquote colonel tom parker who makes him famous yeah like he turns him into a big star now tom i think a big part of the movie is actually more like tom parker's story than it is elvis's story uh tom parker's narrating the movie um which i don't know it was a weird choice but i think it kind of worked because it's it's almost like the whole movie is a dream that tom parker's having which is kind of cool, in my opinion. Not what I would have expected going in. Um, but anyway, Tom Parker's like stealing money from him, basically through his whole career. And uh, you know, Elvis becomes really famous. He makes a lot of money, spends a lot of money. Tom Parker's stealing his money. He gets married. He gets addicted to drugs. People are pushing him to keep performing all the time. He's basically like betrayed over and over again by the people around him. And I mean, I think it's like generally like a pretty sad story. It's like this guy just really liked to perform for people and he was very good at it and became very famous, but he could never really, he could never really escape the circumstances of how his career started. You know, he never really had it in him to say to Tom Parker and his, uh, you know, his family, like, Hey, look, you're screwing me over. And, yeah, and it, I think that's you know ends up killing him in the end. 
But it sounds like you didn't get any of that. You just got some some leg shaking. Well, um, I agree with you that it was a, uh, a an interesting choice to tell it from his perspective. Mm. Um, I did not like that. Did not like the dream, whatever. Um, let's see. If I was going to start telling it from the beginning, I'd talk about the um absolutely hating the visuals the first five to six minutes of it um uh, hanks his makeup and all this stuff just looking pretty god-awful throughout (laughs) um either through visual effects and a mix of the practical um yeah he's uh for the people that you know don't uh, you know haven't seen trailers or seen this movie he's in this like giant like fat suit and has a bunch of uh, yeah. prosthetics all over his face to make him look fatter too. Yeah, and he's putting um, on this like weird southern slash Dutch accent, I believe. Right, much like putting. your accent, right? Yeah, 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 yeah much yeah. like yours. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I have I had a lot of question marks here when I was when I was watching it. Um, for one, I don't think Baz Luhrmann has seen maybe uh walk hard the dewey cox story or some of these other movies that have made fun of biopics because it pretty much starts out like that um like any so i i was like is he like as the brits say taking the piss here like (laughs) does he know that like this this first five minutes is just so laughable um i do not think it should be nominated for was it nominated for cinematography because it definitely should not be on there um it was throughout the movie the camera like there are some scenes where the camera stays steady and it actually looks like a real movie. The rest of the time, the camera is just floating around, doesn't make any sense. Huh. You know, uh, I think between the camera work and the editing, it's just trying to make up uh, for not being interesting by trying to look interesting and do like all these tricks. Mm. Like there's no physics; it's just ridiculous. Um, no physics. So yeah, that's I mean, where I'm starting from. The camera Chris. was like fake. I mean, there's like a couple scenes where the camera. You can do virtual camera stuff. Does like a swishy thing, you know, like in and out of like the casinos and the, yeah. the different places that he's performing. Yeah, that that could have been that could have been faked. Uh, like well, virtual, that stuff, virtual camera work. Well, yeah. that stuff I thought was maybe you know, well, you know, like when it like leaves the entire stadium and like goes into space. Like obviously that's fake. Um, but I just mean in the scenes with like and then it was just very frenetic and uh and like just i mean it was once more it just seems like it was trying to look and feel interesting versus actually having substance like you know talking about the dead brother and like cutting to like a comic book thing and then having all these like strange titles like superimposed over stuff and um, and honestly, like it didn't even need to, it really did soup and nuts. Is that the right phrase? Like all of it, uh, soup to nuts. like you literally start from like when he's a kid all the way to the end is like, I don't know. Like I feel, I, and, I, and that's an issue with all the biopics. I, I feel like if it's really hard, it is a hard genre if you're trying to do it. Um, I actually made a list of the ones that I've seen that, you know, trying to figure out like, what are the ones that I like, what, you know, and um, I feel like the more successful ones like tell 
at least for me, like tell a moment in time versus going over the whole life, even though there are some that, I mean, they still work as yeah. a movie. They work far better than this movie, but, <laughs> um, you know, and I count this as a biopic. So straight out of Compton, you know, kind of tells like a slice of time, right? Yeah. Um, Rocket Man does do like kind of a light. I mean, it's a little bit narrowed, but I thought Rocket Man definitely better than this. Get on up the James Brown one um, mm. with Chadwick Boseman. It's pretty good. Uh, but it also, you know, does the whole flashback thing like this one does. Love Vion Rose, Ray, Walk the Line. Those are kind of the standard, you yeah. know, doing the same thing. And I think they're less successful. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's that. Um, well, yeah. Okay. So, Chris, I have a question I don't know. for you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Did Throw you, did you, um, like when Elvis is doing his first concert, right? And Parker's like, you know, tr- seeing the act and seeing how the women react. How did you feel about that scene? Uh, like, like the women are, are turning in, it's turning into a Dionysian frenzy is what I wrote here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a good scene. But how I did think, you feel about Tom Parker's voiceover? Because I, I found it voice. pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah, I found it. Yeah, it was creepy. But and, I think I think he's like supposed to be creepy. And it it reminded me of John Lovitz and the Wedding Singer. Have you have I, you seen the Wedding Singer? I have, but it was a long, long time ago. I saw it. Okay, but like like when um when Robbie, the Adam Sandler character is sad. And then Lovitz is like backstage. Um, he's like, he's losing his mind and I will profit. And yeah. like the, he's just being like, you know, Lovitz like doing something funny. And that's, that's what Parker like, staring at him reminded me of okay. for some reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's, but that's like what he that's like the point of the scene right that he, mm-hmm. here's this like creepy guy who's just who just wants to use elvis to make more money right like he sees how he's affecting people and he wants him as his like you know like he okay. says in the movie he wants him as his greatest like carnival act so so how about this uh, one thing that i noticed um because i was really trying to pay attention and give this movie a shot and be a good film critic yeah yeah. so if if all this is supposed to be from parker's memory and him and a lot of it is like him kind of watching elvis and and we get the story through his eyes then why do we have scenes like like in the car where some dude gives him like a pill or whatever that parker's not involved in well, I'm sure that he's. He, I don't. Know, that's. So you're, you're you, saying you don't have that, to explain that. I'm just saying that. I mean, I, I know, think you can explain it if you want to. Like, if you want to like retcon this so it all makes sense. Like, oh well, you know, he knew that well, that was happening, did, and this is how he imagined. Don't worry, darling, and they're going to re-release it. So yeah, well, you know that he just because you're not physically present for something doesn't mean you like don't have an idea about things that are happening or haven't heard about them happening. So sure. 
Sure. I'm just saying that like, like oh, this it, Elvis guy seems like he's of, on drugs a lot. So maybe, you know, yeah. he imagines him getting pills from this person in the car. Uh, you know, um, he's obviously not there for every moment of his life. Oh, well, he should. He should have been. Yeah. I think that um, I think that that's like taking like too literal of a of an approach to the way this movie is. No, I I, I know this like is designed, why I, I posted right? it as a question. Yeah. And I would say uh, just to say on the Tom Park, the Colonel Parker stuff. Yeah. Um, personally, I felt like they could have just done away with the scenes of like questioning his you know, like cutting back and forth also at random times to like the panel or whatever. It's like, you aren't who you say you are and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, um, I, there is some importance to the being in debt to the Vegas people and profiting off of Elvis parts. Like I thought those were okay, but the, some, the other flashbacks were not as good. Um, I thought also Uh, that, go ahead. I think, it, it it helps explain why he never wants to leave the country with him. And just like, you know, it's like general like sleaziness about this guy. Like he's lying about well, who he is. It's, like it's not even well, his that's real the, name. I mean, okay. So here's, here's one of my other issues getting to what you're saying about, you know, Elvis feeling trapped is uh, the first, first day, first minute he's telling Elvis up front, like that he learned to fleece people and, you know, like that's why he's called the snowman or, and whatever. And, yeah. you know, and then Elvis like went along with, you know, it was like, well, he, he knew that up front and he, and he kept seeing it. So, I mean, sure. He has some questions about it. And I mean, we're, we can't, you know, uh, this, if this is history and it seems pretty accurate from, you know, what the family is saying, then so be it. I mean, also just from the legal documents and stuff too, but like uh, just the way that's portrayed, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's like the dude's telling you up front, like you're, uh, I fleece people. Yeah. Well, okay. But when someone's telling you that kind of thing, that's part of like the con, right? Like, Oh, well he's telling me that he fleeces people. Like he won't be able to fleece me. Like I'm in on it. Like that's not a. I don't think that's an unusual uh, thing to happen. It's like entire Lost episodes about this man. You know, yeah. um, there's also an entire political party in America based yeah. on it. Exactly. Yeah, and then so he tells him that, but then they proceed to make all this money together. Like I'm sure he's not thinking along those lines anymore. It's like this guy. You know, I've spent years with this guy. He's made me tons of money. Like, of course, he's got my best interests at heart, or whatever. Like we're yeah. just we're fleecing everybody else because we're putting on such a great show, and he's able to like wring as much money out of it as possible. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's like um, I, I don't think that's like a valid critique of the of the the plot. I don't know. Yeah. I, like most of the, I feel like most of the things you've said about it, like yes, those things are true, like about the movie. But I think you you can take them uh, you can take them in a positive way rather than a negative way. You know, like the things you're bringing up about, like the camera work being frenetic. About, what about the pace? The pace. The pace. The does pace not, is, they don't want to give you any time to think or breathe or process or. And many times, like yeah. the actors, ta- even act like 
Like a lot of the times it's just like, mama, stop drinking so much, holding a beer bottle. Two scenes later, mama's dead from drinking so much. Like, <laughs> like it's, I, I never really felt connected to, to anybody. I did think that that guy embodied and, and did a, uh, Austin Butler did him embody and do all the stuff, but I would have much preferred. And, and this is, you know, um, I guess probably not a valid critique either is like, you know what I would prefer, but I would have preferred <laughs> just being, you know, letting that dude holding the camera there, letting the dude act and telling like a real story instead of just like, you know, um, a, uh, I don't even know what you call it these days. Like, um, Cliff's notes. Do they even have those? Like a cliff. It's like, <laughs> yeah, here's yeah, this know, thing happening. Here's this thing happening. Here's this thing happening. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's like, uh, TikTok videos one after the other, but I yes. think, so wait, so, did this movie have Chinese spyware in it? Yeah, maybe. Well? So the way I looked at this movie was, I think like very different from the way you're looking at it. You're like saying like, okay, like I, uh, well, I feel like on the one hand, you're saying like you want like a classic, you want like a classically done movie, but you know, you're also saying like, oh, those like biopic uh, tropes are all like so, um, so outdated and they're kind of boring. So I think that's what, no, what I liked I did about not this say movie. The is that... I actually talked about ones that did work like Rocket Man mm. or Straight Outta Compton. Sure. But those are those. Oh, I didn't see Rocket Man, but I wouldn't say Straight Outta Compton is like a classic like biopic. Right, way. right. No, that's why I think it's it also not better. about a singular person. So it's not. It's not quite the. I don't know. Not quite the same. But it's about a moment in music history. So it's a uh, yeah. It's a movie. But, but about we're not here to talk music. about. We're not here to talk about that. Right, I, I right, can right. critique the movie on the basis of poor camera work, poor editing, <laughs> the pace of the story, the lack of I mean, it could still be a good movie. And actually, at the end of it, when they showed all that documentary footage, I was like, this dude should have just spent his time and money making a really good documentary. Because, like, I was, I thought that was, uh, some of that stuff was really intriguing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing thing that I liked about this movie, and the reason that like I suggested that you watch it, actually, was... You're, that, you're not allowed to like anything about it, Chris. Yeah, is that it is like a weird fever dream. It's like you're... It's kind of like you're on drugs or something when you're watching this movie. You're getting hit over the head with these crazy... This crazy camera work all this stuff is like cutting in and out kind of like a kind of like a music video almost and you know the music's coming at you really loud you're getting these like weird like hip hop songs are mixed in there sometimes so like you got like Casey Mus- Musgraves and Jack White doing duets with Elvis and some of the stuff in the movie all right. the colors well, you, you are super saturated been, I, I wanted to bring that up you've been listening to some of that yeah yeah, yeah. No, I think the but we'll we'll get to that. Finish finish what you're saying. Yeah, I just think it if you can if you get, maybe this is like the difference between the way like you watch this movie and the way that I watch it. I kind of like surrendered to the insanity of the movie, and by the end of it, yes, I didn't feel like any any particular scene. I was like, oh, that you know that scene like really 
move me or something, right? Like when his mom died, like whatever, like you said, they they like sort of glossed over that so quickly. But I felt like the culmination of everything over the course of the two and a half hours, like I actually felt like profoundly sad for Elvis by the end of it. Um, so I felt like the movie worked in that way. It's like a different way to get you to that emotional connection than a traditional movie would, but that it still it still got me there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I'm sorry I, you hated it. <laughs> I mean, it's all subjective, man. Like, just because your opinion's wrong, doesn't mean that mine is like the most right. Um, but no, that's how you. This is like Cisco and how Ebert arguing. about it. We're not arguing. Yeah. We're we're both coming at no. it from different perspectives. Um, no, it's fine to argue is, about it. As a cynical near forty year old, forty year olds, yours is as a a bright, optimistic, almost thirty sixty 40, year old, forty year old. Yeah, thirty nine. <laughs> yeah. Um. I will say that there are two scenes, um, two or three scenes that I actually did like somewhat. Um, I liked when he was, um, from the part where he actually gets into the club at the club handy with BB King. I like that scene. Uh, Um, that's just them hanging out. I actually thought, go ahead. I did. I didn't like those scenes. Um, those felt a little forced to me. It's like, oh, we have to address this whole like appropriation stuff, right? Which has been well. Charged I mean, I have more to Elvis. say about Elvis fixing racism in America, but um, okay. But yeah, like that. I just thought that that was a decent like where I, I think that was probably because it was the first scene that I had actually seen people like kind of somewhat acting and and you know, sure. Um, but it, also pointing out that's uh, another Elvis being lost scene where he needed a, a map. I, um, I, the uh, Vegas concert um, stuff, uh, I would say like, like where we're seeing his first concert where Parker's like writing on a napkin. I just kind of wanted them to focus on Butler's performance and him doing suspicious minds. Oh, yeah. uh, just cause I like that song. Um, and then, but I think it's a little bit later where he gets like super popular and he karate kicks a dude. I was like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, so the, that was secret. I can like stuff, but is that, is that when he goes, when he starts yelling at Parker from the stage? Was that that scene? It's been a couple weeks. No, it's like, it's like, he's popular all over the world. These were just excited Peruvians. Oh, that part when they's like, yeah, when they're showing his like tour. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so getting back to the more political parts of this, um, you do, or it does try to show or shoehorn in. I don't, I don't know how the right way of saying it. Maybe I don't think I think shoehorn's too harsh. Was also trying to show the context of the times that he lived in. So, um, yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. dying. Um, and then I thought the Bobby, Ken- I mean, maybe this actually happened, but the Bobby Kennedy thing and like uh, Dacker Montgomery as a producer coming in and saying like Elvis, uh, 
you got to make a statement EP. It's like, as they're talking about like removing the bullet from like, like <laughs> I, I feel like probably there's someone a little bit more qualified or, you know, it was like, <laughs> I just thought that that was a little forced, but maybe it really happened. I don't know, but it's just like, yeah. you got to make a statement and bring the country together. And it's like, or you could just record your songs and let the government do that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely I I don't know if that's true or not, um, um, but I think like you, in the did com- you want to say anything about the other political stuff? Um, which other political stuff? Well, um, I guess like yeah, like the appropriation, the race, you know. Oh like, yeah, well, so part of part of the you know uh, not something that I learned from this movie because I actually don't think they address it head on. But well, he, they do have the governor, and then they do show you the baseball field, like the whole baseball field sequence. Uh, well, okay, that's not what I was going to talk about. Oh, okay, but sorry. The, that um, since since as long as I can remember, I, people in the in sort of the music community uh, have complained that Elvis shouldn't necessarily be as popular as he was because he was basically just like taking. Uh, popular music from black people and re-recording it and mm-hmm. then becoming famous off of their work which to the film's credit they basically have elvis saying like i like that song let's re-record it yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but that's why i felt like they had those scenes where he meets like bb king and um oh god what's the guy's name the tutti fruity guy little richard little richard yeah yeah um when he was, i mean like, i just felt that he just seemed comfortable having grown up in that environment. And I guess he and BB King became friends, which I didn't know and haven't looked up, but um, you know, cause he just felt once more lost amongst the other people. And so that's like the, he's going back to the environment that he knew. Yeah. No, I think, I think like, that the, you know, soul and R and B. I'm glad that they, I'm glad he tried to like put that stuff in the movie. I just felt like it wasn't, um, he wasn't integrated as well as I would have liked into the like story. Cause yeah, it seemed like he was just kind of like faking stuff where it's like, Oh, he feels kind of sad. So he's going to go like do this, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm yeah, I, I don't think he should have cut it. So from you the agree movie. with I just, me that the story could have been better. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, the movie isn't, the movie isn't perfect. I just, uh, yeah, it's not Top Gun Maverick. But yeah, it's it not is. Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, just to go back to what I was saying before, like I think that, I think that the movie is like trying to do something very interesting, and I, it doesn't. I don't think it's like five stars, like hitting on all cylinders, but it's like trying to do something very interesting. It's made by like very capable people, and there's a lot. There's lots of interesting aspects to it. Um, but yeah, I I don't think the movie's for everybody. Okay. Uh, yeah two two last things that i have we are coming up on on an hour so we don't want to keep our audience for as long as this movie um yeah they need to go uh watch the northman for that's our next right podcast um so do you think that uh hanks was trying to take his role seriously or do you think he was in on the joke uh i think he's trying to ham it up yeah okay like for sure i kind of felt that way yeah i don't Um, yeah i don't think that this movie is supposed to be serious in that way like it is supposed to be weird you know i think you 
you could have made this movie in a bunch of different ways and just Baz Luhrmann's like a weird dude and wanted to make it super weird. You're and saying I, that the guy that made Moulin Rouge is a weird dude? Yeah, exactly. And I, I appreciate it for that. You know, it's like kind of like how you don't like um, Wes Anderson movies. You know, like this, Ugh, this oh yeah. these like directors, they have a style and an aesthetic and it's not what I like always want to watch. It's not what I want every movie to be like, but I like that there are people out there that have these like weird viewpoints and are making freaky movies that, that aren't real life. Like I I wouldn't watch this movie and say that this is like a documentary. I'm done. I think, I think that there's many approaches to any art form and you know, like, yes, you would influence your personal style. And I agree that yes, like it's great to have weird stuff that's not just a generic Marvel movie, which also usually has poor editing and camera work. I, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but for me as a movie, it wasn't really satisfying. Um, and then the second question at the very end, because he Tom Parker doesn't want to take any blame for anything. Um, <laughs> do you think? that the uh the murderer of elvis at the very young age of 42 which was sad was us oh, yeah. the audience no Twist. uh i didn't believe you <laughs> i don't believe that i thought that was a weird line i mean i i think it's um i liked i liked it because i really like that final scene where he's playing unchained melody at the piano like yes. I thought that was super cool uh, and very uh, affecting like emotionally. Yes. Like his line about like how, you know, he's like, he loves the audience so much and you know, his like in his last performance, like he's still putting his like heart and soul into it, but he like, because he was like, so like drugged out, like he couldn't even stand up. And then you well, watch that's, him. That's how some of us are joining this podcast. Right. And then you watch him like belt out unchained melody. I don't know. Yeah. And uh I love that. Um, but it is like, I, I don't, I don't agree with that sentiment that the audience killed him, but yeah, you know. no, no. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. Once more it's like, I just felt like there was a little bit too much intrusion of Parker when it's like, man, just let, let me, let us watch and listen to this. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was cool how they switched from the, yeah. like you were saying, they switched from Austin Butler as him to like real uh video clips of him yeah and, and i'll tell you this the real killer was not the drugs or alcohol or the audience it's probably all that high fructose corn syrup did you see how many coca-cola cups were on the piano Oof. yeah <laughs> do that bad diet <laughs> yeah uh man it is it, that so yeah like i i thought that was very affecting and it did make me sad like i said earlier like the whole the whole like culmination of the movie um had an emotional effect on me maybe it was just um uh cheap uh manipulation or whatever but i, I thought it worked how dare you accuse the movies especially a Baz Luhrmann movie <laughs> of doing that yeah. trust now you mentioned the soundtrack earlier. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, before I, we wrap up, yeah, there yeah. are some like that. The mix of Unchained Melody from the end of this movie 
sounds incredible like i actually compared it side by side with the recording from like the original album that that's from the way they punch it up for this mm-hmm. is great and it doesn't have any and like is weird... it austin butler singing it or is it elvis it's just elvis i don't okay. think austin butler is singing like you said near the end of the movie i don't think he's singing at all there's like a couple songs early on where he's singing right and then the rest of it is just lip syncing. Well, no, I, I mean, I haven't looked at the soundtrack. I didn't know if he sung, like, everything or if there's other mixed... Like, I don't know how they mixed it up. Mixed it up Because I do think he is able to sing the songs, right? Yeah, yeah. And on the soundtrack, he sings two or three of them. Let's see if I can okay. find it here. He sings uh, Baby Let's Play House and uh, Trouble. And he also sings uh, the beginning of That's All Right. Do you remember that scene? That's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie when they're like starting the um, starting to plan out the Vegas show. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like talking to the, you remember he's like talking to the orchestra? Yeah, he's he's like uh, uh, the I don't know, or a conductor type thing. And like he's like telling everybody like, okay, you come in here and then horns here and yeah yeah so he yeah. sings the beginning of that but then it turns okay. into elvis and i think he also does a hound dog uh yeah he does hound dog earlier on in the movie. okay so they they kind of just mix it in um yeah but that's it for the the soundtrack okay but yeah the um, the ones where it's like a it's like purely elvis song and they don't have like uh doja cat or whatever mixed into it or tame impala <laughs> They do a f- different mix of these songs, and I think it actually sounds really good. They call it like film edit and film mix in the soundtrack. I think those are worth listening to for sure. Because okay. they just make... When I grew up, I remember... I actually did listen to Elvis quite a bit as a kid. Cause, you know, on was, the oldie station? Well, yeah, it was on the oldie station, and my parents had like a record of his. I think I bought like one of his like greatest hit CDs and probably downloaded some MP3s on uh, um, Napster or whatever. And I, I was like always struck by like the songs were good, right, and catchy, but the recordings were always kind of terrible. So, sure. He, yeah. So his music always just kind of sounded like it was from like the forties, <laughs> or fifty, you know, like early fifties, and I just didn't have good recording equipment. Right. And one thing that this movie made me do was actually like spend some time like looking through what music of his was available, and it seems like not being part of the uh you know the online like elvis world or just like be not being a super fan or whatever i guess most people just listen to his live recordings um and there's some really good that, ones that can make sense of the you know given the energy that he brought to the performances yeah and so i've been listening to some of his live recordings these last few weeks and i would say that you know, he plays those earlier songs, but just it has a different energy to it. And the quality of the recording is so much higher that it gives me a different appreciation for it than I had before I saw this movie. So you would, you would recommend people listen to the live recordings if they're interested. And then, yeah. Uh, which, which of the soundtrack mixes was it that you recommended? Uh, the film? Yeah. Well, it'll, yeah. It'll, if you look at the, the track listing, basically okay. any of the ones that just say like Elvis, Presley as the the sole artist are worth listening to. Okay. I also do like some of the crossover ones they did. There's the um, you 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 mentioned that, and and the reason I was going to bring it up is because you mentioned that to me, and I texted back to you that you know one thing I hate is when they have a song and then just throw on a random person rapping. Uh-oh. The first song that did that was like 
here's the song and a random person rapping. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Says, what have you got me into? There's definitely some weird stuff. Um, but the one he does with Jack White, I think was pretty good. The Power of My Love. Um, and the one he does with Tame Impala was pretty good. Edge of Reality. Uh, was there another one in here? Those are the ones that stood out to me. Anyway, I, I'll have to listen to it again and, and give you a, a list outside of the podcast world. But You, you want to know what's embarrassing? Uh, other than your love of Avatar and this movie. Yeah. Um, for a long time, because I, I never heard it said out loud. I thought it was like Tame Impala. You know, <laughs> kind of kind of like Spanishy. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize it was tame Impala. Yeah, yeah like you're a tame like a tame horse, you know. One that you've tamed. And Impala's an animal though, I think, right? It's a horse. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or like a horse like creature, you know? Like like a donkey. Yeah, have you ever like you ever Ea, seen a Chevy Impala? The Polish nominated movie? for international so. <laughs> um yeah they're like uh they're a medium-sized antelope or antelope sorry from <laughs> eastern and southern africa well i don't feel bad about mispronouncing antelope uh, yeah look man i'm just reading quickly here um but i was gonna anyway. say before i forget that yeah. my favorite of these live albums i've been listening to so far like a really good like punchy one that's pretty short it's like only uh, it says 53 minutes is Elvis as recorded at Madison Square Garden. Oh, well, this uh, is just your New York bias. 1972. That, that one's pretty good. There, no, the other one that I was listening to was, I think he's like on stage at that, um, that Vegas okay. hotel that he's stuck at forever. The uh, something the international, yeah, I think the international. Okay. I thought, I thought it was something like that yeah, yeah. so they actually have like a series of cds where it's just um him there oh. which those are pretty good too I but i think like that madison square garden one is uh particularly good it's a little bit i feel like he's maybe a little bit younger than he was when he mm, does those so international he, ones i mean well the sad thing is that he did die at 42 so he's like pretty young just in general i i and I mean, I guess that's a telling thing. Uh, I mean, we do need to wrap it up, but like that they kept yeah. my boy on stage. It's like eh, he's in his late thirties. Like I don't talk about my boy Chris and his programming, you know. Like, but I think <laughs> that's just a affectation, you know. Yeah. Um But okay, so stage. live programming. live at Madison Square Garden, nineteen seventy-two. I might I might check that out. Yeah, it's good. Any anything else, Chris? No, I think that's it. Uh, I'm glad you watched it. I know you would have had to watch it anyway for the um, um, the Oscar podcast. Although you might have turned it off in the middle and never come back to it. I think if I hadn't uh, hadn't told you, I liked it so much. So I appreciate you taking the time to watch it. I'm just trying to to be a more a better uh, movie watcher, reviewer, pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I am going to try and watch almost all the best picture movies except for Avatar. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not going to win, but you still should see it. No, well made. Mm. Yeah. no. Okay. Catch it on TNT in six years when it's. Uh, oh yeah. Make next to a Braves. Next to a Braves game. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess that's TBS. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess uh, 
March 12th is the Oscars. We're going to try and pod either the weekend before, even further before. So I guess early March. So February, I don't know if we'll have a pod. I mean, if you want to, we can have a pod talk about everything everywhere all at once. But otherwise, we're just going to talk about uh, the the Oscars, I guess, up until then. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll see how long it takes me to watch those movies. I might finish them up earlier. than Sure. Right as as long Oscars. as you don't just watch Top Gun Maverick in, in between. Yeah, if I watch Top Gun five more times, does that count as seeing all ten Oscar movies? I think that's how you wish it would work. (laughs) Yeah. They should have split Top Gun into two parts and see like the first half is for one uh, one best picture nominee and then the second half is another best picture nominee. Maybe. And fill two slots. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So if you're while you're watching I don't know, we'll probably get into it, but best director, they just have Banshees of Venetian, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. So the only difference for screenplays is that Glass Onion is included in adapted screenplay. And Ugh. I think we both... Uh, you've seen that, right? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So we can maybe talk about that, too. How can they put that for best screenplay? Well, it seems that we got some juicy stuff to talk about. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh chris uh thank you for providing a, a feisty roger and ebert style that's right back and forth i remember those were the good old days watching those two just get pissed off at each other except for we're not pissed off yeah no no i'm, I'm fine yeah no, nothing bothers me oh when you take so many drugs <laughs> i mean bemo is holding your microphone right now as you're about to break into song that's right so. All right, Chris. Well, have a good rest of your anonymous day. You too, sir. It's been a pleasure. It's it's 2021. There's nothing else to do.